Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, let's go right to the phones. We can never spend too much time with this gentleman. He's our guru for hunting. He's one of our fishing experts and all-around outdoorsman with Tightline Outdoors, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, um, you know, when the sun is shining and the sky isn't totally full of smoke, I feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It, uh, it's a beautiful day. It's uh, there's a lot of great things to be thankful for. You know, like just think of the the smoke of the nice like ocean haze. You love the ocean, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I know what it's been a crazy year, my friend. But like every other year, we always talk about, oh well, you know, this is going on. It's going to change this, and this is going on. It's going to change that. Then we get out in the field and find out things kind of fall back to their patterns, don't they? Absolutely, Terry. It's crazy how much things fall back in their patterns, for sure. All right. So what are you seeing out there? You know, Terry, it's one of those things that like we've continued on for two months now, talking about, you know, all the opportunity that exists. Obviously, fall fishing, uh, you know, if I had to pick one spot, Spinny Mountain Reservoir, them big trout are losing their minds, they're shallow, and honestly, our fish just keep getting bigger and bigger. It's one of these things that, you know, it's been good, you know, since it opened in 82. But honestly, in the last two or three years, you know, maybe it's just the fact that I finally figured out the bite, or maybe things are changing, but it seems to happen every year that in October we tend uh, to totally lose even the small end of our big fish. So, you know, a normal day up there, we see fish in that 20 to 25 inch range. You know, most of your fish are 20 to 22s. Um, this time of year, our fish are like 23 to 27, 28. Um, so our fish at Spinny are tremendous. Um, you know, things have changed a little bit. They pulled the boat dock, so the ramps are open, but there's no dock to utilize. Um, so it's making launching a little bit challenging, especially if you get that notorious South Park wind. But the fishing is incredible, and with the lack of dock, um, I would say that the general population is not up there as much. So, you know, most of these days you practically own the lake, and fishing is incredible. So that opportunity is huge. We're down here at Chatfield Reservoir right now for our grand finale of the Catch Rate Series, um, and these, these anglers are doing great. Our top walleye so far today is a 23-inch fish. Our top bass is, I think, 15 and a half. Uh, we've got a 35-inch carp. Um, we've got a, a 17 or 18-inch trout. So, so fishing is absolutely incredible down here at Chatfield as well. So fishing's huge. Um, and then, obviously, we just wrapped up our, our archery seasons for the most part of our, you know, combined elk and deer combination season for the mountain zones. Um, and today is opener of pronghorn, and next weekend is the opener of the first elk season. So, so much to do here as a, as a sportsman in Colorado. Before we move on to more hunting, uh, don't you think this time of the year, the reason we see these bigger fish, especially the browns, now we can see the rainbows too. You know, we both know spring and fall are the best times for big fish consistently. Um, I think those browns just get, I don't even know if they're feeding, those big browns just get so territorial this time of year. That's it. They do. They they get very grumpy, and, and that's a great opportunity. And those big rainbows, um, you know, it's more just the, 
they're always in the fishery. They just gather in the fall. And for us at Spinney, we see a, kind of a change where these fish obviously are feeding on bug life throughout the summer. They're feeding on scuds a good portion of the year. But this time of year, those fish put almost 100% focus on eating snails. So they're looking for those snails. And the nice thing about when they switch to snails, they move from vegetation to sand and mud. Um, and that's where they're going to find most of those snails. And that's the biggest thing is all of a sudden to where we have – you know, a normal day, you might have 50, 60 percent of the water to, to search through to find your big fish. This time of year, when they switch to sand and mud, it really eliminates a lot of the water. So it's easier to find those big fish and pattern those big fish. Uh, and that's really the cool part about it. So you find a shore, sandy, muddy shore that has exposed to a lot of wind. The wind is going to keep those snails above ground, keep them on top. And that's where those fish are at feeding. So it's fairly easy to find those big fish this time of year. And man, once you find them, you catch a lot of them. All right. Well, my friend, a lot of people are chawing at the bit for the first rifle season coming up, and they haven't done enough scouting. So why don't you help them out? You know, we're, we're going to walk you through both those seasons right now. Obviously, I think that a huge portion of the people that have pronghorn tags are, are out hunting right now. I know that I've already seen dozens of pictures of pronghorn of successful hunts. But if you're going to go out this week for pronghorn, the first thing that we're going to talk about, and I think everybody's notorious of doing this, myself included, when you have a rifle tag, you know, a lot of times the pronghorn will let you, you know, get somewhat close in the vehicle, then you make your final approach, you know, you know be a, be a high but I think so many people are used to driving around, glassing, driving, because it's a good way to cover ground. But anytime you're hunting something, if you can see them before they see you, your approach is going to be so much better and your odds of success is so much better. So the, the quick tip to the pronghorn hunters out there, even if you don't want to leave your vehicle, don't drive through the areas that you're planning on hunting. Sit Sit back a ways. Find a high point. Use your spotting scope. Use your binoculars. But instead of looking at your, your shot radius of those two, three, four hundred yards, try to look a mile out. Find the pronghorn first and then figure out how to make your approach. Because I know so many people, you know, they're driving around, they spot them. By the time they, you know, get set up, move the, you know, the, the short distance to get the shot, the pronghorn are, are well aware you're doing it and they're taking off and running and they're moving. And even if you get the shot, the animal startled, you know, and it's just not going to get the quality of meat you want out of it. So have the approach to where you are sneaking up. You're seeing them before they see you and you're creating that shot opportunity in a really calm setting. So the tip to the pronghorn hunters even though it's easy to kind of cruise around and cover ground in a vehicle really start glassing long range find them first and build a plan it's going to lead to a better hunt in all aspects so that's the, the tip to the pronghorn hunters and then the elk guys this weather could not be more perfect now i know when you talk to a lot of hunters we want cold we want snow we want all this nasty stuff and if you're in a migration zone you may be like the northwest corner of colorado a lot of times we need that weather to move those elk, but I would say for 80, 90% of the rest of the mountain zones, these high temps that we have are ideal. We're in a full moon phase right now. We have high temps, and honestly, our elk are still in full rut. These bulls are bugling, they're screaming, they're carrying cows. Everything is perfect, and with the high temps that we're going to have this week, those animals are going to continue to stay in those conditions, so we're not going to see them moving around. So if you have intel on where the elk are, it's great because that intel is going to be valuable next Saturday. The other biggest thing is if you haven't scouted, the, the vocal ability of an elk is going to give them away, and it's really going to help you go into an area that you might not know and create success. And that's probably the biggest thing. So as a rifle hunter, 
I go into a hunt as much as I would like an archery or muzzleloader. I'm going to be using cow calls, using bugles. Now, I'm not having the intent to call them in. All I'm doing is getting out early in the morning, first light, and I'm doing just real subtle calls to try to be a locator. All I'm doing is calling enough to get those, those bulls to respond to me so I know where they're at. Um, again, overcalling sometimes can, can hurt you and ruin you as we're kind of coming to the tail end of that rut. But since we still are in that rut, they are definitely going to respond uh, by bugling. So I start off with a couple of cow calls, throw a bugle in there, and, and more than likely these elk are going to let you know where they're at. Then you can make those final approaches, get in that ideal shooting situation, and create success. So going into this, we are literally having – we have, number one, we have an early rifle season starting on October 10th. So obviously the calendar years change, and some years we have – you know, a fairly early first rifle. Some years it's a later first rifle. This is an early one. Already making it a, a very valuable hunt. And then you throw the, the, the full moon that we have right now, followed by warm temps. It, nothing could be better lining up for this hunt. So uh, good luck to all the hunters out there. But again, I would approach this hunt very much as if you're archery and muzzleloader hunting. Use the, the vocal ability to, to locate them. Set yourself up for a flawless stock on the first attempt um, and create that success. Do you, I, I I, I was listening to you talk, and something really rang through to me, thinking back to my own hunting experiences and, and the things you've covered over the years on the air. And that's that I think that, you know, when we start out as rifle hunters, which most do, and then you transition, you do some archery. When you go back and start doing some rifle hunting again, I think you go with a different mindset. You've conditioned yourself to really getting in the comfort zone of those animals. And I think that becomes part of your psyche and how you approach things, don't you? I couldn't agree more. You know, when I talk to hunters, especially, you know, nowadays we're so classified in the outdoors, which I hate. You know, we are very much bow hunters or muzzleloaders or rifles or we're fly fishermen or bass fishermen. But really, in all aspects of the fishing and hunting world, the, the angler that targets everything can take little bits and pieces from each way that they target fish. And they can bring it into a different species and a different technique. And it's unbelievable how much success you can create. And the same thing goes for hunting. You know, if you look at your styles, and if you're able to, you know, call the elk, we also, you know, have a flawless set on a, on a tree stand or water hole, uh, as well as spot and stock. But if you take all those styles and, and you build your own technique and your own style, it creates success. And you couldn't be more right there because, again, uh, the, the average rifle hunter and the average bow hunter are so drastically different as far as their approach on the average day of hunting. And in a lot of seasons, like we are now, uh, when these bulls are in full rut, having that that ability to understand how these animals act in a rut, how they act when it's warm like this. You know, it's not an all-day hunt. It is very much a, a capitalized in an hour in the morning and an hour at night because it's hot. They're rutting. They're going to be up all night rutting, so you can anticipate it being a shorter hunt. So you know how to capitalize and take advantage of that very quick opportunity in the morning and quick opportunity in the evening. And it's that style that's going to create success, especially this opener rifle here in Colorado. Well, I think a lot of hunters, too, they think they're hunting so hard, and at a time when the animals are only moving a short time, they do more harm than good. This is a great time to bring your fishing rod and actually go and do a cast and blast. I mean, get through a couple hours in the morning, then go find a, do a little fishing, get yourself away from it, away from the area even, away from the animals, and then just go back and get set up again before you're ready to go for the evening. 
you, you couldn't have said it better. And it, it breaks my heart because I, I literally had this conversation with so many hunters. And it's hard because you wait 11 and a half years for these tags, you know, and all they want to do, especially you come from out of state or, you know, you drive six hours and you're doing so much to, to wait for this tag. And for somebody like me to tell you, hey, you know, by 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m., it's done. You know, you need to wait until 6 p.m. I mean, people look at me like I'm from Mars, but I cannot tell you how many hunts are ruined for themselves as well as for others. There's so many times where I'll be hiking out of the woods. I'm done for the day. The animals are bedded, and I meet guys going in, and they're like, oh, we're going to go walk those woods, see if we can sneak up on them. And it just breaks my heart for, for their success, but let alone the fact that, you know, I've done scouting. I'm on animals, and and I know they're going to get pushed out. So, again, the biggest thing, if you don't see the animals out active, you don't hear them calling, it's because they've bedded down. They're resting. They were active all night. Um, and that is your cue to back out as well. Again, I would say that the, the lack of success for the hunter that's not having success oftentimes is that exact thing that we're talking about. They're, they're eager. They're taking nature walks. Um, when in reality, you just have to know, hey, when these animals are active, I'm going to hunt them. When they're not back out whether that's fishing during the day whether that's just glassing and learning new areas you know but again glassing from afar taking a nap you know I, I know that i spend so much time you know hiking into the woods and out of the woods at one two three in the morning that a lot of times at midday it's a great time for me to catch up on sleep because we all know that the, the mental capabilities of hunting are huge and i can't tell you how many hunters you know even though you train for it nobody's used to the lack of sleep and the, the energy exerted hiking and so many hunters quit early they give up Go hunt those animals early. Go take a nap so you can literally hike harder, hunt harder, and keep that, that mental, mental capability of, hey, I'm going to create success. I just have to stay positive and patient. You know, and that, that's a big deal. Even though people are laughing at me now, it is a very big deal. All right. I want to circle back on how we started. We were talking about some fishing. We talked quite a bit about the trout. What are you, and you said you were seeing good fish at Chatfield. What kind of presentations are you guys using? Austin kind of talked a little bit about his jigging wraps and things, but what are you doing? You know, we have two techniques right now, Terry, and we have two very different fish. This is going to be Chatfield, Cherry Creek, Pueblo. Um, you know, right now I would say that we have a, a very good population of walleye sitting on structure. They're on the roadbeds. They're on the gravel pits. They're on points. Um, and this is going to be at all the fisheries here. And those fish we are approaching very much like Austin said, jigging wraps, blade baits. Um, honestly, at Chatfield, Cherry Creek, I'd say that the jigging wraps are doing slightly better than the others, uh, but the blade bait bite is still pretty strong. So I would approach both of these fisheries with jigging wraps and blades, see which one they're taking the best that day. Um, the biggest tip for the jigging wrap and blades is keep them very low. Uh, at least that's what we're seeing today. So many people are used to hopping these baits, you know, 10 inches or 18 inches off bottom. I would say a two, three, four inch hop is going to be one of the biggest things to create success. So keep the bait low. Uh, but those are going to be the best techniques for catching those structure fish. But we also have such a shad bloom at Chatfield Cherry Creek this year that we have got a ton of fish suspended on those roaming bait pods. So there's a ton of bait, say, in the top 10, 12 feet of the water column, and there's a ton of walleyes feeding on that bait. So trolling crankbait is also doing very well. The biggest thing with cranks is you have to be below the shad and above the walleyes. Some days there might be a three, four foot gap between walleye and bait. Some days there's a six to 10 inch gap between walleyes and bait. Find that zone where you're on the just underneath the bait, but just above the walleyes and finding that zone is going to be key. We're also trolling still at a fairly quick pace uh, just to create that reactionary style bite. So you, know, you can troll at two, two and a quarter, or even two and a half miles an hour. Um, and we're doing a lot of stuff with fairly, you know, higher action baits. Flicker shads are working very well. Even the new joined flicker shads are working very well. So fairly 
high action cranks right below the bait, uh, and you're going to have success trolling. So right now we do have both of those opportunities going for anglers. All right, my friend, we're out of time. If people want more information, where do they find you? You can always go to our, our Facebook page, Tightline Outdoors, as well as our website, tightlineoutdoors.com. Again, we're rat- wrapping up catch rates, so that'll be ending for the season. Uh, from this point on, it's pretty much all talk about ice addiction, so we're real excited about that. And then for anybody that wants hunting updates, I'll be in the, in the field all this week, chasing pronghorn, uh, and then elk next week. And you can always go to my Instagram page, Nate Zielinski, uh, or the Ruger Instagram page for, for all our hunting updates. All right, we will talk to you next week. Have a good week. Talk to you soon. All right, Nate Zielinski, Tightline Outdoors, always a great resource. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, some people from our newest partner on this show and tell you about all the things they have to offer on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You got to help me make a stand. James Taylor, what a great songwriter. Just got to see me through. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. And uh, we have a new partner that joined us a few weeks ago. If you've been listening, you know that, and that's Jack's Outdoor Gear. Let's go to the phones, because joining us from Jack's is Catherine Westfall. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. How are you in this beautiful morning? I'm fantastic, Terry. We we kicked off our... uh, grand opening and anniversary sale this weekend so it's a great day well you know we're excited at terry wickstrom outdoors because uh, we've been actually talking to you guys for a few years about becoming a partner to the show it just makes so much sense your location throughout the front range of colorado your dedication to the outdoors the quality of people and enthusiasts that work at your stores the programming you can provide along with a partner on the show so we're very very excited to have you guys on board a couple of things i want to cover i know you have some big events going on and we want to talk about the stores but i think sometimes there's some confusion because you have two stores i actually have three because some are a combination why don't you tell people about the different jack store types you you betcha we have basically uh a couple different types of stores we have the outdoor gear stores um which focus on camping, hiking, biking, um, our top-of-the-line top outdoor gear. And then we also have our ranch and home concept, which is all of our paint, um, hardware, pet and equine, uh, farming, ranching, lawn and garden. I, I, I like to say, Terry, the outdoor side is all the stuff you want, and our ranch and home stuff is all, is all the stuff you need. So the new location here in uh, Loveland West at 2665 West Eisenhower Boulevard is a combination store. We're the best of both worlds. We have both the um, uh, the farm and ranch side and also the outdoor gear. So everything under one roof. And I came and walked through that store, and I was I've been in the outdoor side of your stores. I go to the one in Fort Collins because I live here, but I've been to some of the others, and I've always been aware of the outdoor gear, but I was kind of amazed by the amount of other types of things that you might find at what you would think of as a traditional hardware store, like you mentioned, that I wouldn't think of going to Jack's for. for. So I was really, uh, really impressed. But let's talk about the new store. Tell them the location again. Now, you opened one in Cheyenne not too long ago, and this is your second store in Loveland. It's kind of as you're heading out of town where the old Kmart used to be. That's right. That's right. We're we're right on the way out uh, up to Essex. 
Um, the address is 2665 West Eisenhower Boulevard, and we did take over the old Kmart that was here. So uh, we've, we've had a lot of positive feedback from the community um, now that we are kind of refurbishing this area and um, making it a, a prettier place to, to be and a great place to shop. And what would I find as far as out, for an outdoor enthusiast, what, what am I going to find in that new store? Okay, well, um, we've got a lot of different departments. Um, your your audience is probably excited about we've got a hunting, fishing, military, archery department. We've got an outdoor power equipment department. We have pet and equine, ranching and automotive gear. We have uh, work and western wear, so your Carhartt, Ariat, uh, top-of-the-line uh, merchandise there. We have a yard and garden center. Uh, we also then have, of course, our footwear, uh, all of your top-of-the-line footwear and apparel. And, you know, what I like to say about your combination store, it has all the things I love to do and a bunch of the things I like to hire somebody to do. So. <laughs> Indeed. That is so yeah. true. One of the things that I'm so excited about having you guys as a partner, and we've had a number of your department heads from different stores on, and when we bring somebody on to talk fishing or hunting or you have a bike shop or guns, you really have experts in those in those departments. They're not just clerks, are they? No, and and I think that's one thing, Terry, that makes us um, a little different than other retailers is we're really focused on giving great customer service and providing and offering the best product that we can. Um, so we're about being there and, and offering uh, great customer service and being there to answer questions. So what's great about my job is that I get to hire people that love what they do. They are enthusiastic about um, what they are surrounded by every day at work, and that definitely transmits to the customer. Now, you just uh, recently opened the new store in Loveland. There's a few things that you've got coming in the future. Kind of tell people what else is in the plans for the store. Yes. Well, um, we are going to be have. Well, we will have a, a coffee bar that has homemade fudge, walrus ice cream, um, food offerings eventually, and we'll have an outdoor seating area outside our kitchen area, so you can actually come and have a nice cup of coffee and, and on your way up to Estes. We're also going to be putting in a propane station that also has RV dumping area and a gas station. So our hope is eventually you'll be able to bring your RV, get ready to load up and head up to the mountains. Just a one-stop shop for everything as you head out. That'll be tremendous. And I know yeah. we talked about the different departments. I know you've got a gun, you've got a gun department there and you've got a fishing department, hunting, camping and grilling. One thing, you know, I guess that I was remiss that I noticed at the the Fort Collins store was you guys carry a lot of stuff for grilling. We do. And in fact, um, I'm a huge Traeger fan. Uh, great way to cook, but we also carry uh, Weber grills um, and we have a great selection. So uh, if you're if you're new to Traeger and to smoking uh, your food, it's a great way to go. Now, before I let you go, you guys are celebrating 65 years since your, your opening and the opening of this store and the one in Cheyenne, of course. So tell yeah. people some of the things, tell people the special things yet today and tomorrow that are going on. Yes, absolutely. So since it's our 65th anniversary, we are doing a big promotion. We're giving away a lot of stuff, including 65 gift cards that um, the top one is $1,000. 
Um, we're also giving away numerous gifts. I think your your uh, audience specifically will love that we are. We've got a couple of Benelli uh, Nova shotguns that we'll be giving away. Um, we've got Mountain Hardware, Keen Boots, Birkenstocks, Coleman, uh, Carrots, Wrangler, Montana Silversmith, uh, Stanley, Muck Boots, um, Extra Tufts, Twisted X, so Smith Optics. So we've got a lot of vendors that we're giving out some great product. And so all customers need to do um, to register for uh, one of the gift cards or a prize is to stop into any of their Jack's locations. Um, we've got uh, it's at www.jacksfeedback.com. Uh, people can go and register uh, one time for one of these amazing prizes. All right. And you don't have to be present to win and uh, great prizes. Catherine, yes. we're out of time, but thank you to Jax for joining Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. You know, it's having partners like you that keeps us on the air and lets people bring us the great hunting and fishing information we do. And we look forward to a long partnership. Well, thank you so much, Terry. We, we're happy about this partnership, too. And uh, thanks, thanks for letting us come on today. All right. Thank you. That's Catherine Westfall. She's the assistant manor at the, uh, manager at the Jackson Loveland, the new one. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, our great friend, JR, is going to join us. And we're going to talk some shooting tips and things you might not have thought about when you're sighting in or patterning your shotgun on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Hibbing, Minnesota. All right. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us is uh, J.R. Pierce from Colorado Clays. Good morning, J.R. Good morning, Terry. <laughs> hey, he happens to be a friend of mine. Don't 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 criticize him. <laughs> yeah, I heard we you saying for him. Yep. We went to the same high school. Yeah, he taught me some chords on a guitar. So nice. Anyway, let's talk about shooting, though. You know, I want to kind of set the stage for some questions I want to ask you, and to do that. What type of facilities do you have for shooters to take advantage? Just give us the overview. Yeah, and Terry, uh, Colorado Clays, um, we are Colorado's premier public shooting facility, and we do feature the very finest in recreational, competitive, corporate, fundraising, and family shooting opportunities anywhere. And, you know, for the last 24 years, our giant 120-acre facility has offered rifle, pistol, trap, skeet, wobble trap, sporting clays, training traps, shotgun patterning areas, and much, much more. And because of that, you're able to take shooters of all different styles of shooting and all different levels of ability and really work with them. In fact, you set up clinics. You have experts that can provide classes or people can come out on their own. They don't need a reservation. It's open to the public. Um, and because of that, you've, you and I were talking, and we were talking about the ways that you've helped people. Like an interesting story you brought up was there was a, a lady who brought in a new hunting rifle and couldn't get it zeroed in. Tell people about that. Yeah, Terry, and this is a great story, and this is a perfect example of why Colorado plays is the perfect place to come uh, get ready. So, as you know, our rifle range is an NRA-approved design, state-of-the-art rifle sight-in range, and has a video viewing system. And what that means is we have a telephoto camera on the target at 100 yards and a monitor in your bay, which in itself allows you real-time sight-in with no spotting equipment required. 
Uh, we have 10 bays of that, padded benches for sitting, but also um, has allowances for prone standing or stick shooting. Uh, that facility is semi-outdoor, uh, meaning that even though it has concrete walls around it, um, downrange is going to be natural light and airflow shooting into a dirt berm, so it's very outdoorsy. And then, of course, we have lights, radiant heat, 50-yard intermediate targets, and such. Um, now, sight-in clinic. Uh, tomorrow we have one if anybody wants to sign up in the next week or two as well. But that clinic, Terry, like I said, will cover firearm safety, uh, fundamentals of marksmanship, shooting positions, proper methods for each um, of those positions for maximum stability, shot placement, ballistics, trajectory, sighting in, range estimation, ammunition, etc. But particularly, this young lady did come in. Uh, she signed up for the clinic, and she was shooting a 7mm .08 X-Bolt, a very nice gun, very nice scope, and had been having trouble getting less than about a 5-inch circle with her groups at 100 yards. And what we did, Terry, after all that, our experts took her down there, saw what was happening. So one of our, one of our um, professionals actually went ahead and took a couple shots with this gun and was able to determine that the barrel twist, um, the rifling twist on that barrel was actually not working with the ammo. So we adjusted the bullet weight and made some ammo changes and were able to dial that gun in um, right on the money at 100 yards just because um, our, our people are so well-versed in this and so experienced in their fields. Well, you know, and this points out a couple things. First of all, don't think you can just go out anywhere, sight your gun in, and if you have issues that no matter what your level, you're going you're gonna to be able to figure out what the problem is. And second of all, when you're getting ready for hunting, you've got to practice with the load you're going to shoot. Absolutely. And a lot of times the load you chose is not the load your gun is going to like the best. And that is a good reason to choose a load or possibly two and then come to Colorado Clays and see which is going to be the most accurate because there's a lot of variables uh, that determine which uh, load works best in a particular gun with a particular rifling twist, et cetera. And it's muzzle velocity, it's bullet weights, burn rates. There's so many variables. So have to consider the fact that just because you chose the most expensive ammo or the one you think is going to be the best, it may not be your most accurate load. Well, you're absolutely right. In fact, I've talked to many experts. Uh, in fact, the guys from Jack's Outdoors and their muzzleloader department, and when they're getting somebody set up to muzzleloader hunt, they send them out to the range with a couple different shot ideas as far as loads and weights and let them shoot through until they find one that's accurate and then they get them set up with their supplies for hunting and muzzle and you're one of the few places a muzzleloader could come and do that i think well and you're you're right terry and we get a lot of muzzleloaders here the beauty of colorado clay's rifle range is that we are very muzzleloader friendly due to that semi-outdoor uh, format, um, muzzleloader smoke is not an issue like it is in, you know, contained areas. And being that we do have that 50-yard intermediate target and the 100-yard, uh, people can come out, get the gun on paper, uh, and then expand from 50 to 100 with their most accurate loads. And we do hundreds of guns a year, uh, and it's just amazing what you can do with a little bit of time in a good range. 
Another thing that's really jumped out at me over the years, and we started a couple of years ago talking about patterning shotguns for turkey because everybody knows how important getting that pattern so you get enough pellets in the head of the turkey and so you understand your range and where you can make a good shot and that turkey patterning. But that patterning now has bled itself over into every discipline of shotgun shooting and especially people come out and they want to go break some clays, but they don't even understand what kind of a choke they should use, what kind of pattern it's giving them, and what the, how the load is performing. If you can start them out patterning that gun, it makes such a difference. And, Terry, that is such a good point. People do not realize the value of the Colorado Clays pattern area. One example, I had a gentleman out here, finally upgraded, bought himself a really nice over-under trap sporting clays type gun. Well, he grew up shooting an 870, just an old pump Remington, and came out, and he was missing a lot of targets, and the ones he hit, he wasn't breaking hard. And so I asked him, first thing, have you patterned the gun? He had no clue what I was talking about. So we walked over, uh, set up a pattern, took a 25-yard shot, and turns out his gun was shooting 90% high of where he was actually aiming. So, of course, being a new adjustable gun, uh, he fit the gun to himself, brought his pattern down to a 60-40 like he's used to, right on track. Another example, and this one was really painful to watch because it was kind of a friend of mine, last fall. Wait, uh, wait, 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 you have a friend? (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, but anyway, he, uh, he did go on a guided goose hunt, Terry. And he went out there, and he's a good shot. And he never touched a feather in two boxes of ammo. Uh, Had bought this gun brand new, and, of course, the first time he shot it was on the hunt. He came out just absolutely distraught, come up to me. We went to the pattern area, and that gun was shooting so high that it literally was 200% over his aim point right out of the box from the factory. Um, We took, added a clip on site, taped it to his barrel for the next morning hunt, and he went out and had his limit in a few shots. So just shows the value of what Colorado Clays has to offer. And sometimes you have to think outside the box because a lot of times people get a thought in their mind or think they know something they don't, and it can just take you backwards so fast. Well, and I think if something like that is going on, you can just struggle so mightily. I, uh, Karen and I have been shooting at times, and we'll have a new handgun, and we're, we'll both shoot it, and if it, and it'll shoot, say, low and to the left. So if it was just me or just her, we'd say, okay, I'm not used to the trigger on this handgun. I'm pulling it down, I'm pushing it over, or it shoots a little different. But because it was almost identical with both of us, and we don't tend to shoot the same, we kind of suspected. So we were able to adjust the sights. But a lot of people by themselves out there, or even if they're with friends, they don't understand what might be going on. And just having the experts at Colorado Clays available can make such a difference. And you can take just a number of classes, right? Oh, absolutely, Terry. So any of the classes we do, whether it is the Pistol 101, whether it is our concealed carry, or whether it is instruction, private instruction with one of our professionals, all of those are going to get you going in the right direction. And technique is so important. And let me tell you this, though, Terry, uh, it's been a month ago or so, I was actually working down in the pistol range, and a gentleman uh, struggling, same thing. And that, that low left is, you know, pretty classic. 
um, I just saw him leaning his head back and having a hard time. So uh, one of my experts, Chris, went over there, grabbed the gun, took one shot, put a, a dead center bullseye, told him it's not the gun, went over a handful of techniques, and the next clip he was on track. So uh, it's just so important to understand the value of what Colorado Clays offers, not just in the facility, but also in our classes and the best staff in the industry. All right, my friend, we are out of time. If people want more information, how do they find you? Uh, Please give us a call, 303-659-7117, or go to our website, coloradoclays.com. Take the virtual tour to see what we do. Um, Send an email, ask a question, and we'll look forward to seeing everyone. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks, and we have to get out on the water and put a hook in a couple bass. Yes, let's do this. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, JR. Thanks, Terry. JR Pierce from Colorado Clays. Uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoors. 65 years old and still going strong, supplying all your outdoor needs. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we'll have more outdoors on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. All right, now this this bumper music is for a guest that's going to join us in a few minutes, so I hope he was listening and realizes we are not anti-Beatles. There's just so much better music out there that we play typically. Hey, before we get to that guest, I want to talk about a few things going on outdoors that we didn't get to in the show. First, I've I've got a report from GSO Fishing up in uh, Blue, Blue Mesa at Gunnison that the salmon are in the river. This is an incredible time to take a fly rod and go catch those kokanee. They're acrobatic. They'll pull. While you do it, you'll catch some trout. Um, it's catch and release in the river, and there's some places where it isn't. But you can go up there, and they you can catch them on a fly. In fact, if you want more information on that, go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, and there's a show. In fact, I we just recently put a link to it on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So you can find a lot of what we talk to on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. You'll find a link to fishing for these uh, kokanee salmon. Um, there's a great rainbow and brown bite going on right now. Uh, Blue Mesa, they're trolling for it up there. And it's just from 0 to 20 feet deep trolling. They're just smacking the fish. So Blue Mesa is on fire right now for the rainbows. And the river is full of the kokanee. And we're going to see those kokanee starting to move in a lot of places. Larimer County, the boat ramp hours are changing. Don't have time to go over them all today, but go to the Larimer County website. Check that out. Make sure you know what's going on. A lot of great fishing going on yet at Horse Tooth. You want to take advantage of that. At Trinidad Lake, the boat ramps, will they're going to try to keep them open until the end of November. The lake is down to 500 acres. It's very small right now, but it, the fishing is good. They're catching trout, sawgye, bass, and perch both from shore and a boat, and you can launch your boat there, and they're going to try to keep it open. So you want to take advantage of that. Just a lot, a lot going on in the uh, in the outdoors that we talk, we're talk. we going to talk about. Uh, get out and fish. we got this fall fishing going on, and it is great everywhere. If you want to go catch the biggest trout of your life, um, go listen to a segment that I've got a link to on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, where Chad Lachance and I talk about the fall fishing. Now, you may have to scroll down a few posts to get to it, 
But right now, these big browns are getting aggressive, and people don't necessarily understand. They get afraid to throw big enough baits. They get afraid to go after these fish, and there is a chance. I'm talking 25 to 30-inch trout right now are available if you do it the right way. So go and listen to that. And by is Dan Jacobs in the studio? I am here, and I do. I, I listen to the Beatles. I like that. Well, you won't get it again, but I just want to let you know we're not anti-Beatles. We just know that there's so much better music that we can play. Yeah, better than the Beatles. Come on. Hey, by the way, Terry, a couple weeks ago, we finished out the show talking about snipe hunting, and we got a huge response. We got like 20 or 30 people texting in. Uh, I don't think you guys talk about enough snipe hunting on your show. Well, I'll get you out doing it, and then you can do a firsthand report. Ah, okay. <laughs> people, <laughs> people look up what snipe hunting is, and you know what it's about. Hey, I got, um, you know, I think what... I think we're going to have a trivia question coming up that's going to be when was the only time we played a Beatles song during a bumper. Right. That's and one of my favorite be... songs, by the way, too. Well, you know, and, and I love, Beatles are great musicians. Don't get me wrong. They were tremendous. I just love the Eagles and uh, some others so much more. But that's just my taste in music. It's just better than yours. Mm-hmm. We can't help that. Okay. Hey, I do have some questions to ask you, though. So, first of all, is is Brett Rippon ready to take us to the Super Bowl? He looks like the next coming, except he, he throws a lot of completions, but they aren't all to the right jersey. Yeah, sometimes he just likes to throw it to the other team to make things fair, you know? Yeah, I see that. You know what? In all seriousness, uh, watching him as closely as I did during the game, uh, smart kid, I'd say average arm, probably going to have a tough time on some of these throws where you got to do that out route and just drill it in there. Um, but probably a good backup quarterback who's going to be good to have in the quarterback room, uh, a Gary Kubiak kind of guy that can come in and win a game for you, and he's good in the room. How do you look at him? Yeah, no, I look at it exactly that way. He's a nice guy to have on the roster for a guy that had no idea he was going to be playing not that long ago. He, he's come in and he's done a nice job. A couple of the picks were like, ooh, those were, you know, a little, you know, had you scratching your head a little bit, but – I think he'll get better. I, you're right. He's not you know, going to be a, a 10-year starter in the league, but he's good for what we need right now, and we're going to need him for at least a couple more weeks or at least one more week. Now, Terry, I don't know if you heard this, though. The um, Broncos' next opponent, the Patriots, has had their game postponed because their quarterback got coronavirus. Oh, really? Yeah, Cam Newton got coronavirus, so the, so they were supposed to play the Chiefs tomorrow. And now they're looking at Monday or Tuesday, which would mean if they played on Tuesday, which is uh, what Adam Schefter is saying, is, well, they, they'd have a really short week if they played the Broncos again on the, you know, next Sunday. Well, it's nothing wrong with not giving Belichick more time to pr- prepare. That, that works. That's true. Yeah, I do have, before I close out the show and we officially go to you, there is one thing. You know, we hear this talk about, oh, don't win, don't win, go for the highest draft pick. Well, first of all, losing becomes a culture you got to try to win, and you want athletes to always think about winning, and you want to see what some of these guys replacing all the injured guys can really do. But most importantly is there's no sure thing in the number one or two or three draft pick. A lot of the best stars have come from the later rounds or later in the first round. So in my opinion, to tank for a high draft pick in the NFL is ludicrous. How do you feel about that? Well, it depends on the team situation. Like, for example, my Dolphins, I was hoping they would uh, tank for Tua just because they were so far gone. Like, I'm, I'm never against if you've got a young team and you're just trying to, you know, get the young talent on there and you're not concerned about winning, I'm okay with that in the right situation. 
the Broncos are not in that situation. And, and like, so for right now, it wouldn't make sense for the Broncos because they got a whole bunch of people on the defensive side of the ball they're going to have to replace next year. So it would really be no end if the Broncos were to do it uh, right now because that's just not the mode that they're in. Um, Well, well, I think it might happen just naturally. Yeah, they're just not very good, right? (laughs) Yeah, so that could happen. Hey, I got to end the show. Uh, we'll We'll turn it over to you in a minute. But as always, Great to talk music, sports, and outdoors with you. Yes, sir. Good talking to you, Terry. All right. We're going to close things out so we can officially get to Dan. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Karen for keeping this thing going. Thank you for listening. Join us every Saturday from 9 to 11. Follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We'll let the Eagles take us to Dan and all his sports talk.